On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, it was 11 p.m. since we last spoke over the phone. I told him to meet me on the freight boat to go over evidence. What he didn't know was that I could see the doll face through any disguise. Hello everyone, welcome to episode, light episode, light episode 50 of This Is Game Boy. I'm E-Bloody Candy, and uh, this one, I'm not even going to tell you what I've been up to, because that one's going to have to just wait till the Beavis and Butthead episode, when uh, Mo and I talk about it. Uh, because if I say what I've been up to now, then I'll probably have nothing I've been up to when the Beavis and Butthead episode comes. So, take that. But... This isn't going to be your typical podcast episode. Nah. Let me take you back to when things changed. The year was 2022. Snoring and Nordloaf had just released a new game called Sam Mallard and the Case of the Missing Swan. Having seen this in the itch.io classifieds, I knew I had my next case. It was midnight and there was a knock at my door. As I opened the door, I saw a shadowy figure disappear around the hallway, and as I looked down, I see an envelope containing a thousand dollars cash with a note and phone number. Please find Mrs. Swan, enclosed as a one thousand dollar down payment. Call me here once you find something. All of this was very unusual, but nevertheless, I knew what I was getting into, as the Ishtaio classifies usually lead me on a doozy of a chase. I paced around my office, looking over and noticing large amounts of cobwebs in the corners of my office. As I dug through my filing cabinets, I pocketed some paper clips because you never know when a makeshift lockpick will come in handy. Something tells me this is going to get a little messy. As I finish pacing, I walk over to my office window and soak in the view of the city nightlife. As I watch the people enjoy their lives, I think to myself that I should investigate Mrs. Swan's office. After all, she was an attorney. And I'm sure she has some bad blood with some people. I hop in my car and make my way downtown. Mrs. Swan's office is next to a busy pizzeria that I hope to someday visit, but not tonight. I do walk up to the pizzeria, however, to be greeted by a young woman. I'm sorry, sir, we cannot accept any more people, but here's our takeout menu. Just as I thought, but I am one step closer to that calzone I've been hungering for. As I walk over to Mrs. Swan's office door, I notice that the lock is one of those new electronic types. My paper clips are no use. I do wonder if she left a window unlocked. As I turn the corner, I see the window is slightly cracked open. But there's a big alley dog on my way, and he doesn't seem to want belly rubs. Think, Sam. What market could be open this late at night? I realize. I hop back in my car, and I drive to Chinatown. They have some of the best butchers in the city there. I pull up in Chinatown and I see a convenience store closed due to illness with a sign on the door. I hope they do get better soon as this is where I buy my noodles. I walk over to the butcher next door. He's a brute man, towering me, capable of crushing me with one hand. I use my duckish charisma. Good evening, good fella. I'm looking for your most tender, juiciest steak. The butcher's eyes light up a bit and gives out a hearty chuckle. 
turns around and reaches for a large steak and slaps it onto the checkout counter. This steak is the juiciest you'll ever eat. Make sure to stop next door to get some seasonings. Thank you, big fella, but the shop next door is closed. He surely knows that. They're next door neighbors. As I start as I start to walk back to my car, I notice another shop. Was the shop here when I pulled up? Am I losing my mind? Do I need sleep? Whatever it may be, I walk into this shop and wall to wall, seasonings and peppers. I walk over to the counter and I'm greeted by a nice old man who, who emits a strong spice fragrance. Sir, I just bought this juicy steak from the butcher and I'm looking to add some spice to it. What do you recommend? Oh, if you are looking to spice up your steak, I recommend checking out the peppers in the center aisle. They will give your steak the most flavor and kick. I walk over and check out all six colors of the peppers. Seeing that each one ranges in different spice level, I choose the purple pepper as this is the spiciest of the peppers. I thank the old man by nodding and tipping my hat and I walk out the store. Something tells me that I will be here again later on. I rub the purple pepper all over the steak and head back to Mrs. Swan's office. As I round the corner again to Mrs. Swan's open window, I toss the steak to the dog and it munches and crunches and chews on it and after a while its eyes widen and it runs behind the dumpster to cower and whimper as it just ate the hottest steak of its life. Before I climb through the window, I should really check the garbage can in the alleys. You never know what criminals can dump behind nowadays. I check the trash, and lo and behold, I find an operational can opener. I might need this for a later date. Alright, enough tomfoolery. I turn around and climb through the open window into Mrs. Swan's office. It's a nice office, well kept, clean, no cobwebs in sight. I walk over to the wall where the degrees and diplomas are hanging to make sure this is Mrs. Swan's office. Edith Swan. Without a doubt, this is her office. No signs of foul play. I check the bookshelf, but nothing out of the norm except for the book about butterflies being slightly pulled out more than the other books. And I, I pull the book out and I see book bookmarks. Bookmarks on three specific types of butterflies. The Onyx Star, the Black Tip, and the Lepidotoptera Rex. I take a mental note of these and I put the book back into the bookshelf. Let me check the garbage can. There's always something in the garbage can. If I know anything about noir, noir movies that I've watched in the past. A note with the bookmarked butterflies' names. Is this some sort of code? I keep looking around and I notice some framed art, but one in particular stood out the most. It was the butterflies pinned to a board framed hanging, and the butterflies of those that were pinned are bookmarked and labeled on the paper. Pinned, pinned butterflies for three black tips, two onyxes, and one rex. Laid out beautifully, but kind of creepy at the same time. The note did read, black tip, onyx, rex, black tip. And with a giant safe next to the creepily hung butterfly art. I wonder if it was some sort of combination. So I punch in 3213. And I hear a large chunk coming from the safe. It slowly swings open. Inside of it lies, a, lies several pieces of paper, one of which is a life insurance policy 
One of Mrs. Swan is insured for a lot of money and it was taken out last week? Why would Mr. Swan take out a life, life insurance policy on his wife a week before her disappearance? I'm going to take a ride down to the harbor. Mr. Swan's business, the Swan Line, is docked up there. Maybe I can find something in his office that can make sense of all this. I drive down to the harbor. It's not very well lit, but it's lit enough to walk around and not trip over anything. I see a guard on duty, and I try to walk up to him to have a slight conversation. He doesn't seem too happy to be there, and he has to pull a double duty. <laughs> duty. He has a pot of coffee ready for him on break, but I'll walk over to the warehouse to see if I can find any evidence inside the warehouse that could lead to what may have happened to Mrs. Swan. As I walk through, I see crates that are labeled tar and feathers. However, there's one in the corner here that is damaged and partially opened. I wonder if I can just pull on this. And I pull with all my might, but there's just nothing, nothing to give. My, my my weak duckish arms are no match for this crate. I need to go find something to pry it open. And there's nothing around the warehouse. I don't see a crowbar. I don't see any type of bar to wedge this thing in. I head back to my car to see if I have a crowbar in the trunk. Nothing. With it being this late at night, there's no store open to buy said tools for this, so... I think of the only way to pull leverage of a crate and that is to have a large stick and the only place with trees in this town is Central Park. I head to Central Park and as I pull up I see a man lying on a bench with a newspaper covering him. I feel bad. I walk up to him and try to hand him some money. I work for my money, don't dehumanize me. If you want to help me, find something fresh and sweet to eat, I'm hungry. Startled, I jump back a little bit, take note to never try to be nice to anyone again. And as I search through the park, I find the trees and I run back there. I see a lot of trees with a lot of limbs, but no saw to take off such limbs. I wonder myself, well, maybe some kids pulled down some sticks, maybe some, some people cut off some things, maybe some sticks were found by some dogs. Let's dig, let's dig around the bushes and see what we can find. And behind a bush, I find this giant stick. Hardy, nice walking stick. This will do. I grab my stick and I nod at the man, telling, noting that I will be back to the park. I hop back into my car and I drive back to the harbor. Again, avoiding the guard. I don't want to be seen with the stick in hand. I walk into the warehouse and I shove the stick into the damaged crate and pull and push with all of my might and finally the crate snaps open and comes rolling out as a can of peaches peaches i look at the expiration date april 2024 these are still good oh i have a can opener in the car this is perfect i take the can of peaches back to my car and i open them I take a big whiff. Oh, they smell fresh, and you can tell the syrup is very sweet. I bet the I bet the the man back at the park would love these. So I drive back to the park. Something tells me that I really want this newspaper as well. Here you go, kid. Thanks. And this is a thank you. It'll be a cold one, but I got a full stomach now. 
the man hands me the newspaper. Today's headline, efforts on the Harbor Union. This is about Swan Line. I bet the guard would be very interested in this, in this topic. I hop back into my car and drive quickly back down to the harbor. I quietly approach the guard booth and slide the newspaper next to the coffee pot and hide behind a crate. Fifteen minutes pass by. What's this? A newspaper. I didn't bring a newspaper. Unionizing efforts. That did it. He must be on break now. He's distracted. I'm going to sneak past him and get into Mr. Swan's office. As I sneak past the guard's post, I, I approach Mr. Swan's office. It's unlocked. I'll let myself in. I walk in and I look around. It's, it's a very interesting office. You can tell that Mr. Swan and Mrs. Swan are very different people. I take a look around here and I head my way to the desk right away. I pull on the leftmost drawer. Locked. Damn. I pull on the right drawer. Opened. What's this? It's a document saying that Swan Line is, is bordering bankruptcy. This is interesting. I now have a life insurance policy as well as a document telling that Swan Line is about to be bankrupt. What are you doing, Mr. Swan? I look up on the wall and I admire a painting of a sailboat, but it looks a little off, so I try to shift it a little bit. And as I shift it to try and get it centered, it kind of falls back down again. I try to shift it again. Still the same deal. I try to pick it up and move it to the side, and the, the painting falls to the floor. Shoot. I look back up, and there's a hole in the wall with a key. <laughs> Creative. I grab the key and unlock the leftmost drawer. What is this, Mr. Swan, you dog? I pick up a Polaroid and see it is a very private picture of a woman who appears to be from Chinatown. What are you getting yourself into, Mr. Swan? I hop back into the car and take another drive to Chinatown. I enter the spice store, still aromatic as before, and I walk up to the old man. Have you seen this girl? I'm showing the picture of the woman. Why, yes, that's little Chun. She's a bartender at Wang's down the road. Say, you shouldn't be showing such a private photo of her. It's all I got to go on. I know it's morally wrong to show this. But what do you expect from a duck? I make my way down to Wang's. A bouncer. Great. I tip my hat and I try to walk in. Where do you think you're going? No cops allowed. Oh, I'm, I'm not a cop. I'm a private investor. Those aren't. Those are even worse. Get lost. I see my ravishing duckish good looks will not get me far here. Have you seen this girl? What are you doing with a photo of little Chun dressed like that? I'll kill you. Right. Big, dumb, and overly protective. I know the remedy to this. I get back into my car and go to my office. I know this isn't the time for calzones, but I'm sure that bouncer is hungry. I call the pizzeria. Yes, can I have 20 pizzas delivered to Wang's, please? 20, yes, 20 pizzas is correct. I'll be waiting outside. You can't miss me. I'm big, tall, and muscly. Thank you. As I hang up, I make my way back to Chinatown. I start walking over to Wang's, and sure enough, the bouncer and the pizza boy are making quite the scene with pizza all over the alleyway. 
Even though the bouncer is three times the size of that pizza boy, I have a hunch that that pizza boy would still win. This is my chance to get into Wang's. I walk into Wang's and there she is. Little June, clinging a glass behind the bar. <clears throat> hey Toots, what do you know about Mr. Swan? I, I don't know a Mr. Swan or anything. Please order or you have to leave. I pull off the picture and I lay it on the bar. Look, honey, I'm not here to arrest anyone or get anyone in trouble. I need answers. Mrs. Swan is missing, and right now Mr. Swan isn't looking too good. Mr. Swan would never hurt a fly. He hated the marriage he was in with Mrs. Swan. She was always yelling at him and spending all their money on high-end things, and even though she's a lawyer, she isn't very good at it. I heard she was about to be fired. I haven't heard from Alan since his wife disappeared. He would call me every night and swing by every few days. Alan was going to file divorce, then she went missing. As Lil Chun was finishing up her story, the phone rings. Lil Chun goes to answer it. This is interesting. A life insurance policy, bankruptcy, and a divorce with a side of affair. Mr. Swan, Mr. Swan seems to know what he wanted in the end. Mr. Mallard, it's for you. Phone call for me. Here. How did anyone know I was here? Mallard. Mr. Mallard, I must speak with you. It's very important to meet me on the pier in 30 minutes. Ominous and dangerous. This is really becoming a night. Thanks again, Dollface. I hope you see Mr. Swan again soon. I get back into my car and I drive to the harbor and make my way to the pier. Locked. Why is the pier door locked now? I reach into my pocket and grab the paper clips. Simple lock on the door, why bother? I pick the lock and open the door and make my way onto Pier 19, where I see a silhouette of a man at the end. We discussed Mr. and Mrs. Swan, and that night of Mrs. Swan's disappearance, the worker was called to meet Mrs. Swan here on the pier by herself. I asked the man if it was normal for him to meet his boss's wife on the pier alone, and he said no, but it was the boss's wife, so I'm sure something important must have been going on. As I stood on the pier, I watched Mr. and Mrs. Swan drive up and, and board the freight uh, boat, and after about an hour, things got very quiet, and Mr. Swan quickly ran back to the car and drove off. I found this to be all very interesting. I need to ask Mr. Swan some questions about what I've uncovered. I get back to my office and call Mr. Swan. Mr. Swan, I need to talk to you about some evidence I uncovered. Can you meet me on the freight ship in an hour? <laughs> the freight ship? Why, why the, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can meet you on the freight ship in about an hour, sure. All right, thank you. That was interesting. I better call, I better make one more call for safe measures. As I board the freight ship, Mr. Mallard, what can, what can I do for you? Have you really not found much? I, I wasn't completely honest on the phone, Mr. Swan. I gathered some evidence and intel which suggests some foul play. I see Mr. Swan is unfazed by this. All evidence right now points to you, Mr. Swan, to having something to do with your wife's disappearance. 
But what I never could figure out was, if Mr. Swan was really involved, why would he hire a private eye and do such a lousy job covering up? There was no logic. Mr. Swan's face looks to be agitated by being called an amateur. It seems that someone was trying to frame you. So before, so before I jumped to any conclusions, I sat on my desk and drank some whiskey. Who has the most to gain at putting Mr. Swan behind bars? Then it dawned on me. Who's about to lose her job? Mrs. Swan. Who's about to get cut off from her husband's business? Mrs. Swan. Who's about to be divorced and replaced by a younger woman? Mrs. Swan. She had every reason to frame her husband, isn't that right? Mrs. Swan. Mrs. Swan claps slowly. Very good, Mr. Mallard. I never would have thought someone like you would uncover all this. I figured you'd take the easy way out and take the money that, and I would have left on left to an island sitting on a beach sipping drinks while my husband rotted behind bars for a murder that never happened. As Mrs. Swan takes off her hat to let her hair down, she pulls a gun on and points it at me. But are you going to stop me from making this a reality? I would love to say this is the first time a gun has been pointed at me, but Duckbury isn't the most friendly place. I'm not going to stop you, Edith, but they will. In the distance, and quickly closing in, cop sirens rushing to the scene. Mrs. Swan has been arrested, and Mr. Swan was found below deck tied up. Just another itch.io classifieds case closed. So, <clears throat> yeah, Sam Mallard and the Case of the Missing Swan by uh, Snow... Oh, I forgot their name. <laughs> by... Where's that? There it is. Uh, snoring and Nordloaf. Um, fun fact, Nordloaf actually did a few uh, Game Boy homebrews. One called Dangan, which is a shoot-em-up bullet hell. For the Game Boy, and it was released for like the 25th and 30th anniversary. It's actually a pretty damn fun game. Um, this game is like no other Game Boy game. It's almost like no other game you've ever played. Uh, it's a point-and-click game in a noir in a noir-styled front. Um, it's it's a very interesting uh, play of the genre, and the sprite work is really interesting. And it's like, instead of taking an approach of like humans, like these are birds, like Sam Mallard is a duck, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Swan. 
like they're all different types of birds. So you can kind of think of it like you know ducktails or darkwing duck things like that. But um, the music is incredible. It's only one track, but it never gets old at all. Uh, everything is very fluid. There's an inventory system that keeps track of everything that you've gathered. Um, the one big thing with this game, though, is that it does not hold your hand very well at all. So there are points in the game where you're just like, where do I need to go? What do I need to do? More specifically, the stick. It's like whenever you need to pry that crate open, you're looking for a crowbar, and you're digging everywhere for a crowbar. And I'm sure most people that will play this game blind will probably give up on the game at this point, thinking that the game is broken. But in actuality, you need to go to the park, look behind a bush, and get a stick. Uh, that part alone almost took me an hour in the blind playthrough. But honestly, go play this game. Sam Mallard on itch.io. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is written extremely well. There, I really didn't run into any bugs at all, but it's a very short game. I do hope that the creators of this game do take this and make a series out of it. It is so, so cool. Um, as for where I would rank this in time inside of homebrews, I have played a lot of Game Boy homebrews now. Uh, I have played many, many homebrews. Now, this one definitely ranks in the top three of my favorite homebrews, even though it's so short, it's so well done, and it's so unique that it definitely ranks in probably my top three, if not top three, top five homebrews. Uh, that I've played so far. Uh, definitely please are going to check out. Obviously there's no speed running tech to this. Probably not many people know this game is, game exists. And honestly a speed run of this game would honestly ruin just like the atmosphere of the game. Um, I did get the luxury of showcasing this at um, Retro Gaming Live's Retrothon. Though I was pretty pretty stoked on that. But yeah, please, please, please go give this game a check out. Um, so yeah, with that we got some outro. We got the out. We got some outro stuff, marathon stuff. Even we got marathon stuff. Even so, we have power up with pride. Twenty twenty two coming up here. Friday, June 10th to Sunday, June 12th. Uh, Power Up with Pride will be putting on a weekend-long marathon. Uh, as far as Game Boy games are concerned, they're a little light on Game Boy games, but there are some. Uh, you can watch Rosentia do some Xena Warrior for the Game Boy Color. You could watch um, Tempest Mask play Castlevania Legends on the Game Boy. If we're going to go into full on handheld, you can watch Sharif play Axe Battler on the Game Gear. And uh, one of my favorite Game Boy Color games, uh, Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babble, will be played by Flannel Cat. So go ahead and give that a check. There's a lot of games that are being played. Uh, one of my favorite games I can see on the list right now that I'm kind of looking forward to is uh, the Legend of Mana HD remaster on the Switch. I like Legend of Mana a lot, so 
I'm pretty stoked to watch that. Uh, on top of uh, towards the end of the uh, of the marathon, I always enjoy watching Lat Mackie do Bonk. So Bonk's adventure on the TG16 is also in there and on the final day. Uh, on top of that, we have. Midwest Speed Fest 2022 submissions are now open. If you don't know anything about Midwest Speed Fest, Midwest Speed Fest is an on-site marathon in Minneapolis, Minnesota, taking place at 2DCon 2022 simulation on August 26th through the 28th. Runners must attend the 2DCon, which requires registration, and you can register at the 2DCon website. It'll be $40 on the website, $45 at the door. As of right now, Midwest Speedfest is not accepting remote submissions, although they are accepting remote volunteers for certain roles. Um, so go ahead, and if you are able to attend an in-person event, I personally love Midwest Speedfest. I live in Minneapolis, so I, I'm pretty close to them. I know a few of the organizers. It's it's a very cozy and a very fun environment to be a part of. Uh, the people are super, super fun as well. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of Midwest Beat Fest. I'm a big fan of the people in charge of it. So, um, And like I said, those, those submissions are open now, and the event will happen August 26th to the 28th. What else we got going on? I'm sure there's more that I don't know about. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's more that I don't know about, but uh, there's just so much stuff. Ha oh, summer games done quick. How could I? You wanna how I could forget that? There's no Game Boy games in it. That's how I could forget it. <laughs> there are no Game Boy games in summer games done quick. But summer games done quick will be going from Sunday, June 26th to Sunday, July 3rd. As mentioned, there are no, no Game Boy games in Games Done Quick, Summer Games Done Quick 2022. There are handheld games like the DS, but no Game Boy games. So, I know, I know. I know. So, go ahead and watch that. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about go ahead and watch that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Congratulations to everyone that got in. It just sucks that there's no Game Boy games. <laughs> Alright. How do I do an outro again? I forgot. It's been a while. Uh alright. So if you all have any questions and whatnot or feedback, thoughts, whatever it may be, please let us know. We're always looking to better this. This light episode is very different than what we've ever done before. I wanted to do a noir-esque styled light episode for a noir styled game. Um, so uh, hopefully it came, comes across like that. I, it, it was a, it was actually a pretty fun episode to do because it wasn't just the bullet points. Like it was like making a story of like what the game was about and how it was progressed and things of that nature is actually pretty fun to do. <laughs> um, 
But uh, if you have any suggestions or whatnot, uh, please let us know. We're we're always always here, always listening, always trying to find ways to make the podcast better. Uh, you can find me, E Bloody Candy, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. You can find my co-host Mula M O E L L E U H on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube and Instagram. And you can find our awesome, wonderful producer Sprinty Legs uh, on Twitch and Twitter. Legs on YouTube, and please check out her project website www.sprintylegs.com, where you can find links to the Game Boy Manual project that we have been slowly working on. All right, sellout mode. Patreon. We have a Patreon. We're slowly starting to revamp the Patreon, but we have a Patreon. If you wish to be a patron to the podcast, first of all, thank you. Super big thank you. Uh, And secondly, uh, some of the stuff is going to be changed because before it was like, hey, if we hit the spot, we'll do live streams. Well, now that we're partnered with Retro Gaming Life TV, we do live streams of our bigger episodes. So now we're trying to figure out some things. And you get a premiere look at Haunt Hunters. Uh, before it even goes out live to the public. So, some cool things happening behind the scenes there with the Patreon stuff. Uh, if if subscribing isn't your theme, because everything is a freaking subscribe thing nowadays, we do have a PayPal set up. Um, the only thing is that we can't, we can't tie PayPal into anything at all, like Discord or Patreon and things of that nature. So if you do donate to us via PayPal... Please let one of the three of us know so we can thank you and give you stuff because we want to thank you for supporting our podcast monetarily. Um, never in a million years I thought we'd actually get money for the podcast, but it's been pretty f- for freaking cool. <laughs> um, it's been pretty damn cool. Uh, we also have a merch store uh, at merch. This is GameBoy.com. Yes, merch.thisisgameboy.com. Right now, we just have a mug and a shirt up. I will tell you right now, like even though, yes, it's part of my merch as well, the shirts are actually pretty damn nice. Uh, everyone that's had one so far has agreed. The, the screen print hasn't started wearing out or anything. I've washed it. Probably a good 20 times by now. Hasn't shrunk either. I'm actually pretty surprised because I've definitely grown. <laughs> um, enough selling out. We're done selling out. If you want, if Supporting the podcast non-monetarily is also huge. Listening to the podcast, commenting on the podcast, rating the podcast 5 out of 5 because we're always historically accurate and we're probably the most entertaining Game Boy podcast you'll ever listen to is incredibly helpful to the podcast as well, too. And any and all support, monetarily, non-monetarily, is always appreciated. Thank you. We love you all for listening to the podcast. The next time you hear my voice again will be with Moolah when we talk about Beavis and Butthead for the Game Boy. Have a great day, great night, great afternoon, everyone. Until next time.
But 